Criminelli. <laughs> Did you say Criminelli? Yeah, Cryliza Manelli. Holy dookie. Anyway, James, how are you? I'm doing well. I realize I realize that we uh we 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 don't get personable, and I understand that that's what people like about podcasts is because oh they get to know your personality and who you are, and they feel like they're part of the gang. Uh-huh. We, we don't really do a hi how are you because. We're not interesting. Yeah, we're not high, how are you kind of people, really? No, not really. Our friendship revolves around this, essentially. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I did want to share something from my life with you before we get started. And I, I guess with all of you out there as well, uh, hoople. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh, and all our Pennsylvania crowd. Shout out to Pennsylvania. Yeah, what's up, Pennsylvania? We're not Jagoffs. You want to see my dick? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, apparently we are Jagoffs. All right, so it was about 10 after 4, so it was what, maybe 20 minutes before you got here? Yeah. I uh, I straight up shit my pants before you got here. <laughs> Nothing starts the day out like a good shit your pants story. It? Do tell. And so like, I was laying in bed talking to DJ, and I was like, hey, I got to go. I got to set up mics. I got to do all this fucking shit. And like, since I've been drinking, like, or not been drinking since I've quit drinking. Hello. It, me and farts have been on like uh, a pretty good. Uh, we've had a good relationship. You're we're not like, shooting a dice. No, we're like we're both gaining trust back in each other. <laughs> but then this, speaking of jagoffs, this fucking jagoff. <laughs> like I don't even think anything of it. It's been months and months since I've had a drink, and it's just like oh fart, <laughs> uh, whatever. And I let this motherfucker slip through, and it was like. Like fucking that geysers in Yellowstone. Oh, Jesus, the loss of primary containment. Yeah, and it's just like, what the fuck? Man, you're breaking the treaty that <laughs> we've set up. Like, I don't feed you poison, you don't dirty my pants. And it's like that squirrel that runs out in the road. Like, come on, man. We got a thing going. <laughs> Stay out of the road. I don't want to hit you. You don't want to get hit. Fucking stop it. Well, it could have also have something to do with about the five pounds of grease that you probably ingested yesterday. Dude, I didn't eat yesterday. You did not eat yesterday. Not really. Okay. I think I ate a burger at like 1030 when I sat down to watch this movie. Hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. And we also do slick segues, apparently. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Arr- uh, my name is Chris Papp. I'm one of your hosts. I'm James Marino. I'm the other one of your hosts. And today we are talking about a, a really good movie, oh my actually. God. Uh, we are talking about The Endless, uh, released in 2017, written by Justin Benson, directed by Justin Benson, and Aaron Moorhead, starring Justin Benson as Justin, Aaron Moorhead as Andorra? Aaron. Oh, that's Agnes uh, Moorhead, sorry. <laughs> Callie Hernandez as Anna and Tate Ellington as Hal. I should have wrote down Shitty Carl's name since he's my favorite <laughs> character in this entire movie. Oh my god! It's, it's something Jones. If I, I almost said Jeffrey Jones, but that's the fucking kid toucher from Beetlejuice. <laughs> Not for real. He's a convicted no, I pedophile. I know. I Piece know. Piece of shit. Fucking tarnish Beetlejuice for me. Oh, tarnish just about everything. Anyway, uh, the endless. Holy fucking shit. Wow. <laughs> this movie rules. It does, it does. Um I mm, I I don't want to sound like a dick, but I think if you're kind of stupid, you might not like this movie. Yeah. It, it's it's a real thinker. It's a real noodle scratcher. It is a think piece. It is, it is. Um if you don't mind, I I'd like to do the uh uh the elevator. elevator. The synopsis. Go ahead. The right. synops. Yeah. The synops. What do we call it? Uh, psyops. Uh, the psyops. Yes. Go ahead yeah. and do the psyops. Kill your parents. Kill your parents. Kill your parents. Kill your parents. Kill your Oh, okay. All right. A synopsis. Kill your parents. You really should, though. Drop a bunch of acid first. Kill your parents. Hit the road. You'll be all right. Um, Catch her in the rye. Have a copy. I was just giving it a minute for that to sink in. So I know it sounded like dead air, but that was purposeful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, two brothers receive a videotape from their 
a former cult that they were in, mm -hmm. a UFO death cult, and they decide to return to essentially say goodbye to everybody. Because they're going to go on yeah. the ascension. Be yeah. And uh, I think that that's pretty much it for just an elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. All right, James, I don't think we're going to do a whole lot of the walk through what happened because this movie is almost two hours long and there's a lot that happens. But it didn't feel two hours long. Usually if I get a two hour movie, I am fucking done after about 30 minutes. The this one pulled me in. Parts of the last half hour of this drag for me because I think we're going to give this movie a glowing uh, oh, yes. glow up. Man, I'm bad at talking. That's all but right. But I, I do want to talk about a couple of the things that aren't real great with this movie. Mm -hmm. um, it is a little bit too long, I think. And I think it's a little bit too long because they tried to jam too much shit into it. Mm -hmm. uh, there are references to other character from two characters from other films that they have made in this. Uh -huh. And it's, it just... They had the runtime. I don't know why they felt they needed to jam some of the stuff in. And I think a little bit of the messaging, like it again. If you're kind of dumb, you're gonna pick on the oh, pick up that it's a story about these brothers. But I think that's the least interesting part of the film. Well, and I think that is and it isn't ending on that climax of them reaching the agreement that they kind of agree. Yeah, I felt like that was kind of a weak ending. And I yeah. also think that they didn't really explain the monster or the force. And I understand that the ambiguity is key oh, to this. Oh, one of my theories. But they never explain why the brothers are, I, I don't want to say immune to this, but why they can wander through. Oh, it's, it, because they left before I, I the get first it. ascension? I get it, but what about everybody else? They the, were, everybody else there? Was no, there? But I mean in all the other loops, though. Oh, well, I get to that. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What do you want to talk about first? Well, well, first of all, considering these guys aren't actor actors, they did a phenomenal job, except for the one piece that we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. But the, for from considering that they're directors and not actors, I think they did an amazing job. Yeah, the performances in this movie are fantastic. Oh, are they? Oh, they are. And I, I love the <laughs> sorry, fact... I was trying to match your energy, no, and I just sound like a shithead. <laughs> well, I, well then you did match my energy then, because, you know... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but... Um, Podcast over. <laughs> yes, we're done. Not just this one, just, just in general. Just in general, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> James and I are going to go hang ourselves in my garage. Speaking of that, uh, there, when was the first time you noticed that something like was... That? Yes. Right. But how long did it take you to notice something was off? Like... There was a something other dimensional or something different. What was See, your first that's clue? hard to tell because I saw this movie not long after it came out. Mm. Uh, it had been a very, very long time, and I was searching through for movies and went, endless, we got it. Like I, I didn't even second guess doing this, mm -hmm. but it had been years since I've seen it, so I already knew kind of the broad point, so I really can't answer that question accurately. But I believe it was the first time that I really noticed something was amiss was when they walked up to the guy in the tent who has like the five second loop. Yeah. Oh, that was because horrific because otherwise things do seem amiss, mm -hmm. but not specifically to what is happening. Right. But we didn't like, I'm trying to remember the very beginning of the movie or not the beginning, but when they were coming up to the cult place, the... Yeah, Camp like, Arcadia. Yeah, Camp Arcadia. It looked like we saw Meth Head Mike run out. We yeah. saw somebody in ball cap run out. Oh, uh, I believe that was Shitty Carl. Oh, shit. Go, go storming by them. Yes, Shitty Carl. <laughs> because he is constantly on the move and pissed, and he is the best. Shitty Carl and Meth Head Mike. Yeah, uh, Shitty Carl reminds me of a dude that I used to work with, who, like, he, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's fucking CJ. Oh, <laughs> I think we all worked with a Shitty Carl at least once. Yeah, or he's just one of those short dudes that's just kind of stocky and storms around, and he's fucking pissed constantly. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, for good reason. But anyway, when oh. they were driving up to Camp Arcadia. Yeah. You I, I think that I actually, I think the first time I noticed something amiss when I could look back at the things that I saw was about the sixth time I heard the House of the Rising Sun. 
because the one was constantly then you hear it in the background then you hear something and then it's felt like a loop that way for yeah me. and then they do it in karaoke yeah and, and then they used it because it was free mm-hmm. <laughs> it's public domain well there's that too <laughs> that's why they use that song because it's public domain and yep. immediately recognizable and you can conceivably have heard that song in 1870, whatever, from that 15-second loop, dude. Because that, that's where right, we heard it, There's too. another thing that we're going to get into later. Uh, I should be taking notes on things that I want to talk about. Well, we'll just anyway. bring something up and we'll talk about it. Uh, the other thing that I kind of thought about after watching this was, man, so this monster was really only effective since the dawn of film? Because there's no, like, postcards or, like, old written letters. But yes, anything. there are. Remember when they finally went back up into that the shed? There were stacks of written. There was stuff from like 1700. I don't think. I just watched it, and I think it's all film canisters that are labeled from 1945, I believe. Maybe some in like the 20s, but everything else, I believe, was 19th century and up. I saw. Or hand, 1900s, not 1900s. I'm sure century. I saw handwritten things with older dates. I think, that, I think 17 something was the oldest date I saw on that. All right. Either way. Ah, okay, I'm just saying. I'm, now I gotta watch it again. But this I movie mean, begs to be watched over and over. Oh yeah, I've seen it. This was probably like time number six. Oh. <laughs> but it had been a few years. But yeah, and like I said, I they really misdirect what is happening because they do set up such an actual cult vibe. But then we find out that it's not really a cult per mm-hmm. se because. And this is what I really, really love about this movie is in every single movie about cults, we know it's going to happen essentially from Jump Street. Mm -hmm. You know it's a suicide cult. If there's a film about it, obviously it's a suicide cult or they're torturing people or something is happening to that end. This completely subverts that. And that's why I think that this is so brilliant because it's not playing on people that really want to be there. It's playing on people that physically have to be there. Yep. And we'll take also take a look at it, too. Is a cult a cult if whatever they're doing is an actual thing? So, for example, if That's if God existed and you could say, okay, well, hey, God, hook me up with a pack of smokes and 10 minutes later, because you prayed, a pack of smokes is on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, there's a reason to do that. And so is it a cult or is it a worship if it's, you know, if it's by necessity? And that's, that's what a real thing. I, and that's what I love the speech that Hale gives uh, Justin. He's like, you know how hard it is for us to sell our beer when everybody thinks that you're a dickless, poison Kool-Aid drinking cultist? Mm -hmm. And it also plays off of, it really makes you think about cults themselves as being maybe not as bad as they are portrayed because obviously there are terrible cults out there and the duality within the group also explains that while some people may be happy, others are not. Mm-hmm. It really... And we also take a look at it. That that thing was that was actually prefaced at the very beginning when the two brothers were talking. He's like, oh, you remember it with, you know, because you were a kid, you remember it with starry eyes, you remember it with fond remembrances. And he's like, yeah, but look at how we're fucking living right now. I haven't had a decent meal in six days. You, the same shitty job. This is all bullshit. At least I was yeah. getting real food back at the Yeah, we back used to eat camp. good food and fresh fish instead of powdered everything because mm-hmm. he's cooking ramen noodles in somebody else's kitchen because they're like a they have like a cleaning service. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're living this fucking awful existence that neither of them are happy with mm-hmm. because essentially I don't think we gave the background, but uh, Justin pulls out. Justin is the older brother, right? He pulled him and Aaron out of the cult about a decade previous. Right. And this number becomes important. Yes. And, you know, it does seem like the life at this place, but it is also very much cult centric. Oh, yeah. But it has a reason to be, mm-hmm. which is. Oh, the, and that's the second, that's the second time I noticed something was off because you think about how old everybody was. And then when you see them again, you're like, well, wait a second. They're now all the same age. How is that possible? If he was the leader? Yeah. And Justin explains that when, uh, Aaron says something about being attracted to Anna, he says, Oh dude, she's like 40. 
Mm -hmm. And they get into a big argument about whether women can be pedophiles or not. Yes, yes. And (laughs) the guy who wants to get some is like, well, it wouldn't have been pedophilia because the guy can't shut up. In order for sexual intercourse to occur, a man has to be of a certain age. Shut up! up. (laughs) Just saying that a boy couldn't engage in, shut up, go to bed! (laughs) Which also shows you the dynamic of the brothers, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. The one pulled them out and said, hey, you know, they're, they're, they're castrates you when you get a certain age. We had to get out of there. Lied all this stuff to keep him from going back for any reason. But I, I'm still unsure as to why he left in the first place. And did I miss the, a spot? The, I, the, I am very unsure as well because we're shown later that he basically, the entire camp is pissed at him. Or mm-hmm. at least was because he went out into the world and spread a bunch of not only lies, but while he was still in the group, he went out and evangelized, mm-hmm. which they were not happy with. So I'm wondering if originally if they were asked to leave or if they left under their own free will. And then he spread lies because there's no indication from the cult, or I guess for lack of a better term, the cult, mm-hmm. that they were mad about anything but that. Those yeah. exact two things that he evangelized on their behalf, which they right. did not ask him to do, mm-hmm. and that they were out taking donations, and that when they finally left, they made up lies about them. Okay. Cause God damn, this movie's got so many layers. Yeah, because when I was watching it, I thought they were evangelizing that this place was fucked up. No, they were two separate instances, which makes more sense to me now. Because Hal brings up, and Hal is essentially, we, I don't think we brought it up, but he's considered like the leader of the cult. I'm sure he's the first, the oldest person there has been there the longest. Possibly Tim. Yeah, I was going to say Tim, the guy, the brewer. Yeah, the guy who brews the beer. Yeah, he looks like the oldest. But he also seems like he doesn't have the aptitude for leadership. Either that or he's the secret leader is what I was thinking throughout the whole movie. mm, That's true because he and Hale do have a lot of sidebars. Mm -hmm. And you never hear what Tim's got to say. You only hear what Hal says Tim said. Yeah, he's kind of like Pauly from Goodfellas. Yep, yep. (laughs) He doesn't move you, fast because he doesn't have to move fast. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's where I'm wondering where the disconnect came from because at the end, the monster or the force, whatever you want to call it, is trying to prevent them from leaving. Meaning, does did it remember them? Or is it just happenstance that they're there and it's trying to collect all the, I guess for lack of a better term, souls that it can, and these guys don't want to spend eternity with Justin? I I was thinking, see, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I'm thinking that it's not aware of their presence because it's not contained in that particular loop. I think the entity is aware of what's in a specific loop because it keeps tabs on it. They were not originally from this loop, so when they go to watch back... They're going to see the brothers, which they hadn't seen before. Or that was part of a greater loop, because we're not sure. Again, we should state, since we haven't specified this at all, since we just got right into it, because we've seen it. There are several different, for lack of a better term, circles in this forest that are uh, uh, cordoned off with ancient... almost like railings yeah totems yeah that end up forming a circle and each different circle has a different time loop like camp arcadia's i believe they say is 10 years long Mm -hmm. uh the guys in the house the drug addicts were never really given an accurate time i think three or four days i think they came down to uh i believe shitty carl says that his is three hours or Mm -hmm. so and there's the guy who's got like the three four second oh that one is horrific Yes. So, again, it's never really stated as to why they can pass through all of these things unharmed, but I guess if they hadn't been there during when the time loop resets, because Mm -hmm. if... And here's the thing that I didn't understand as well. Say they were killed by the monster due to the time loop. Then their souls are stuck there, correct? Right. But, but maybe it created it, an even greater time loop that surrounded all those other little time loops. And now they're part of a greater time loop that starts when we see their first conversation and they go back to their first conversation. Right. So. But here's what, like I said, here's what I'm trying to figure out is that they're 
clearly, like, there's no way to know exactly where... I mean, without finding every single one of these totems, there's no way of telling when you've wandered into a loop. And they spent 10 mm-hmm. years, or approximately 10 years, mm-hmm. at Camp Arcadia. I don't believe that there was no point in which either of them fell into loops because they start going in and out of them frequently. Right. But have you ever noticed with the totems, it seems like the longer a loop is, the more the more intricate the totems. Remember when they started going out to the bigger totems and the bigger totems? Like oh, I didn't passing pick up different, on that at all. Passing different loops. So it makes me think that maybe these these this loop was a longer loop. So they had a bigger time to build the totem to whatever that entity was. To You know, because there's totems everywhere. And you can see the ones that were longer seemed to have more intricate totems. That's what I noticed throughout the movie. It was like they they showed all the different loops by having those up. Because I thought they were originally weird anthills or something. Yeah. Until they really focused in on them when like, okay, that was built by this one person because they only had time to throw this on there. Um, shitty, <laughs> shitty Carl. God, I love Shitty Carl. <laughs> shitty Carl was a welder. He's like, fuck it, I got three hours. Fuck this thing. Yeah. Fucking, this is what this fucking piece of shit looks like. Cocksucker. Meh. But here's what my question, though, is... Are you trapped in the time loop? Like, say, if you weren't killed by the monster, if you just died in that area, would you still be in said time loop? Or do you have to be killed by the monster initially? That part is never explained whatsoever. No, it isn't. Because, theoretically, if that were the case, those would be full of Native Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe after a certain time, if we think about it in the scheme of things with the larger totems... Maybe it lost its efficacy after a certain period of time, so it goes into a smaller loop or switches out to what it can get. Or is it one of those things that if you figure it out, it lets you go? Mm. Because every different character seems to have a different perspective on what this monster is. Mm-hmm. Because Hal has a uh, like a very detailed equation right. in his room. And here's one thing that I didn't notice it, but I was reading about it. There's a globe in that shot in his room. And Australia and New Zealand and I believe Tasmania are connected on this globe. Oh, wow. Which hasn't happened for 12,000 years, I believe it was. <laughs> oh, wow. So, that being said, though, there's no way that any of them that are there would still be there from that time period. And I'm pretty sure they didn't make globes 12,000 years ago. No, no, they did not. So as cool of a detail as that is, meh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, but anyway. You got a big question. You do? Oh, a huge question. It's about the end of the film. Oh. Should I hang on to uh, that? No, I was, I was going to say when a man ejaculates into yes. a woman, that is when life begins. The quickening. So help me God, if you say otherwise, you <laughs> communist piece. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great that way to... Chris's right wing corner. <laughs> wow. Now, now I... I, I uh, wow. <laughs> Bring back Sarah Palin. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? I've got to go now. Yeah. Oh, no. I really hate her, but still. I mean. <laughs> fun to make fun of. Well, that and I, I mean, I'd, I'd throw her around just to say I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, how many chances am I going to get to fuck a, what was once a potential vice president nominee? Not many. Yeah, and probably never. I mean, to be fair, I'd fuck Joe Biden, too, just to say I did it. Well, I mean, how, how could you not? Because you'd have the story and, and for the rest of your life. And I don't mean in the past when he was still, like, kind of... He was a good-looking young man. Strapping young lad. But, uh, I mean, now. Yeah, I, I hear <laughs> or you. Or any time moving forward until I die. So that is out there now. I, Joe? I will fuck the former president's corpse if need be. Joe, <laughs> if you'd like to come over, just get in touch I, with us. We've got a Facebook page. I, I got we, a, we'll make this happen. I got access to Vaseline and a hairdryer. Let's make it happen, <laughs> corpse Biden. Oh, God. Anyway, what was your big question? We got way off, and no. I might have to edit some of that. Oh, I how much of what we just said is a crime. All of it. Oh. But- We'll get back to that. Suck it, FBI. <laughs> you know what? Fuck the CIA, too. Let's piss them all off. Fuck all of y'all. Yeah. Okay, now back to my... The, at the end of the movie, okay, we see them pass through that last barrier as the 
as the entire background is getting sucked back up into the sky. They just make it through the barrier. Yeah, I thought look, that looked real stupid and didn't need to happen. But, but it looked like they were hitting a station wagon. The same, and I, is it the same station wagon? Because you, they it was cut, them. It's the reflection from the walls of the barrier okay, see, of the time loop because they did the same thing with the moon, I believe. Right, but they weren't they driving smoked. a station wagon. They were driving a van again or whatever the fuck it was. It looked like they hit a station wagon. No, and then it was the same that, thing. So it was the same uh, color because they show them coming head on. Okay, because I thought because then I went and looked and then. But I what's saw very that. interesting, I thought about that shot is watching the birds hit. Oh, those birds. In fall. Because that doesn't make any goddamn sense because birds don't live for 10 years. Right. But then if you think of the birds or flocks of birds are harbingers of change or death. Yeah. There are several bird shots in right, this. Right. Because at the very beginning, I when I first saw all those birds, I assumed that they'd already killed themselves and they were going to drive up. That's why their brother wanted to go look first because all the birds were there. I thought they were just, you know, eating the corpses and shit. But and he, there's a scene not long after they got there, get there. To Camp Arcadia, there's a quick shot of a uh, like a raven taking off as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because birds, thematically speaking, are yes a sign of either change or bad things to come. Psychopomps. Yes, that's why I believe we talked about that when we did Hereditary. Yes, a bird flies into the window. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, that movie sucks. This movie's <laughs> way better. This movie is the shit. Um, but yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me because. In that final shot, yeah, birds hit that barrier and fall dead. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Are animals affected by this? Because animals don't have the lifespan to be affected by it. Again, there's many, many questions to be raised. But do the birds just keep being raised and dying over and over and over and over and over until that ten year span? That's what I'm thinking. And then they get caught up in the ascension as well. Right. So I'm I'm assuming they decompose and do whatever dead so, things do. So theoretically, all right. Hear me out. I didn't think of this until now. Mm-hmm. You know how when you're old like us, yes. like you'll see that one squirrel that hangs around constantly. Mm-hmm. Man, big fat got, old squirrel. You got eternity to make friends with like Larry or whatever that squirrel is. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get some real cool animal friends out of this deal. And, and I do have another question. It begs a question. You see all of these time loops and and even shitty Carl says they keep fucking watching us. You're going to flip into bird. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it was all negative shit. It's like the 15-second loop. Every 15 seconds, the guy's head explodes. Every 15 seconds, the guy's head explodes. It's all negative shit. Yeah. Now, what, can you imagine just getting because one loop where you're finally, you're, you've been chasing the same same person forever. You finally get some the best night of your life. Wouldn't that be nice to have that loop? But, I mean, yeah. Which I um, guess is intimated about Arcadia. It kind of has that... Um, that quality where this is the village where everything is good, but every 10 years, shit's not cool, but it's going to be cool again. Just forget about anything else that's not happening. Well, because I believe Shitty Carl brings up that, you know, it doesn't let me sleep because he's on the three-hour loop. He's like, I'm never tired, but it doesn't let me dream. So it has more, I guess, sadistic loops than others, Mm -hmm. which, again, plays to the fact that it's just toying with people. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows exactly what it is, but you essentially have eternity to figure it out. And are you released if and when you finally figure it out? These are answers, obviously, that we're bringing up that are nowhere really in the contents of the film. But this is such a fucking mind-bender that... Man, I get really into it. Well, they talk about, if they're kind of speaking to the futility of everyday life. Um, are you going to continue on in the same loop or are you going to break out of that loop? Everybody had a chance to get the fuck out of there at one time, but they chose not to and got stuck in a loop somehow. So the only ones with the choice left are the two two brothers, and there's that big dichotomy about should I stay or should I go? That's that's what I wanted to get into next is just between the brothers is a very interesting case study. Like I said, I think it was one of the less interesting, like, broad themes in the film, but they very much pointedly show that one brother is very, and I don't want to say controlling, but overly protective of the other, and it's not allowing the other to live. Right. But also, it's that 
complete rejection of faith by Justin after he had believed in it so hard and was out evangelizing. Well, that's what they're talking about. You wanted to be the leader. You wanted to do this. You wanted to make this thing, this thing. Yes. He is that kind of personality Mm -hmm. that always needs to be in charge, always needs the explanation, always needs this, and is never satisfied with any sort of mystery of life. Mm Mm-hmm. And would rather be miserable pursuing it, I don't want to say like on his own, but doing everything his way and continually failing rather than take suggestion from anyone about anything good or bad. And that's spoken of, again, at the end of the movie, which I love the way they tied tied up all the loose ends. But if you take a look at it... Because... You were saying why. I was going to say because... Aaron at the end of the film says to him, all I want is to, you know, you really fuck our lives up because they're pushing the car away from this Uh, monster that's coming for them. Oh, and I love the fact he's like, I want to drive. I want to drive. And he stops pushing until his brother makes him. Yeah, because he tells his brother, he's like, you really fuck our lives up. You really, really do. Which comes back from the beginning when they're in uh, deprogramming Mm -hmm. in their cult deprogramming sessions. He says, man, our brother just, my brother makes everything terrible. And the doctor says, well, have you spoken to him about it? He said, no, it's my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how you treat family. And at the end, he finally says to him, you know, you fuck our lives up bad. All I want is to also fuck our lives up. Mm-hmm. To have the choice. Yeah. To, uh, you make mistakes constantly, but I'm not allowed to do anything pretty much. I would like to fail as well. Because it's pretty obvious throughout the film that Justin has protected him Mm -hmm. from a lot of things in the world. Yeah, they're both weirdos on the outside, Mm -hmm. but... But the older one's the only one that kept the job. Well, and Justin, in his mind, feels like he needs to be the leader because, again, he's older and it comes back again to when they're talking to Hale and the cult, saying, you didn't want to be part of this. You wanted to lead this. And when you realized that you couldn't, you left. And then talk shit about us. Yes. And that's the one time where you hear Hale swears like, no, fuck you. This is exactly what you did. Eat a bowl. Yeah. And again, it's never said whether they were politely asked to leave or, you know, kind of like when you (laughs) slash somebody's hours until they quit, Mm -hmm. that kind of shit. Or if it was them leaving of their own volition, because I wouldn't, even if you were in that situation, I wouldn't see them making up lies. Uh, The character of Justin, anyway, making up lies unless he had felt wronged in some sort mm-hmm. of way but we also we got to take because a look at he this. seems to justify every bad decision that he makes right. throughout the film but you also take a look at it when when that resolved that that resolved the last loop and they were free so when that relationship resolved too so the movie works on that level too it's a story of the brothers and their relationship and the dynamics of getting out of the loop and the idea of choice you can either live with your brother in a shitty world, you know, under his rules, or you can go under the, the rules of the cult and be happy for it, but you still pay the price. And, and, and so lo- it's the idea of free choice for either one. And I love that because, yeah, just the duality of our main characters, because Aaron is one of those people that doesn't overthink things. Is, are, do I have a good life here? Cool. Mm-hmm, that's it. Do we do the struggle, which... I fucking love that oh. scene. Yeah, this is just what we do. Yeah, we, All right, cool. Are, are, is my belly full? Am I happy? Am I smiling? I don't need to know why. Come on, that's just smiling Dave on the ladder, which I bought for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Until it started yanking the fuck out of that rope. So here's one of the things that, again, with them having such a small budget, because this was a tiny movie. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the reason that the directors are the lead actors, was to save on the budget. Yeah, but it looked like a movie. Yeah. It, it really did. It didn't look like they, you know, just shoestringed anything. It actually looked like real sets and real costuming and real everything. It, it was good. But the struggle is never explained. What it is is Smiling Dave, who apparently drilled into his own head. Mm-hmm. Uh... He wanders into just this patch of infinite darkness. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it almost looks like a black hole. Right. And he wanders in there and there's a rope 
coming out of essentially out of the sky. Yeah. And Justin whispers to his brother and says, "Smiling Dave on a ro- or on a ladder." Mm-hmm. And what they do is they grab onto it and they try and pull this rope. And it's never made clear exactly why or what they're doing. I kept waiting too when when wrapped it around his chest. I kept waiting for him to get dragged right up into that darkness. That would have been a whole different movie too. Just and boop. and that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up too. Does the force itself even want Justin there? Because it doesn't seem like it does. Oh, because that would be the one time that that force could acknowledge that there was an outsider in there. Yes. Ooh. Because when Justin grabs the rope, it immediately yanks and essentially gives him really bad rope burns on his hands. Because he wasn't a true believer. He didn't didn't want to stay there. Yeah, and he was never happy there. Right, whereas his brother... Because, I mean, nobody there is a believer or happy. Shitty Carl certainly is not a happy fella. Oh, God, no. But he acknowledges its existence. Mm -hmm. And Justin refuses to acknowledge that it is what it is and not what he thinks it is. Because he doesn't believe that it's there anymore. I don't get it because he evangelized on their behalf as well. Hmm. And is that like I said? But maybe he he wasn't aware of that was really an entity. But you can still be an evangelizer and sound like a true believer because you're oh wow I'm getting attention. Look national attention. That that that's very very true. So maybe there was nothing there till there was something there. And had they gotten caught by the thing at the end, would it have just basically catch and release on Justin and kept Aaron? I don't know. Or maybe Justin would gotten his own special loop. Because here's the interesting thing, too, about all these. When we're talking about a time loop, Mm -hmm. the outside world still functions Mm -hmm. in actual time. Right. They know about events that happen in the outside world. The outside world is able to come in because they make their money selling beer. So the outside world is able to come in. Do they? They can't leave. Do they? Because the one place, the brewery, was supposed to be that locked shed. There's no brewer anything in that locked shed. Well, they have beer. They must be brewing it somehow. I know, but they said that that shed was the brewery. Oh, and she also says that they she gets a bunch of her clothes. Anna says that she gets a bunch of her clothes from thrift stores, and they sell them there. Yeah. So, But it's also intimated that they're not allowed to leave. Right. So how much of this is, again, cult behavior? Mm-hmm. Because we're never given an indication how long these people have spent with each other. Mm-hmm. The only one is the woman of color. I forget her name. Yeah, the one that was on lithium and Thorazine. Zine and PCP. <laughs> and hanging out with meth- <laughs> Tweaker Mike. Yeah, Tweaker, Tweaker Gun Nut Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Well, I love the fact that, and if you notice that too, I love the shot where they, she'd drawn a picture. And then when you first see the two moons, which is supposed to represent the truth, and you look at the screen, you can see the split screen, and it looks like the eyes. Yes. But you saw those same eyes on Tweaker Mike, or Tweaker Gunnut Mike, because he had the eyes, but you could still see the ball cap. Uh-huh, and you see it in the water. And you, you see, see it in, like, all different places, and I love those that. Those giant statues that they find at the end, too? Yeah. They look like a dragon and shit? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, that it was too long. You could have cut all that, because right, they didn't but, explain any of it. Right, but fine, it intimates, but, though. Like I said, I noticed that they got more detailed the longer the loop was there. So maybe for time immemorial, there were these other beings that affected us to build, let's say, Stonehenge, or affected us to build... It's the same kind of thing. They built this metal dragon... To represent the thing that they couldn't understand. Oh, like the uh, 2001 monolith. Exactly. So they're building something to represent an unknown force. And the longer the longer that they're around that force, the more the monument becomes. So you see the little ones that look like the weird anthills. Or you see the more detailed ones, the longer the loop seems. And you don't see any in front of 1850, dude. Because what's he going to do? <laughs> Except... Dude, oh, you're still there? At the, this is the fifth time? Get out of here. This sucks. Go to fuck home. Now. <laughs> I love shitty Carl. Oh, yeah. You were never real fucking smart, were you? What the fuck are you doing back here? Oh, God. The, Go I, get me a gun from Tweaker Mike. I love the... You know what you, know what you have to do to, for me to draw you this map? You gotta you suck, suck my, my dick. dick. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I'm not doing it for free. I want you to come over here and suck my dick. <laughs> nah, I'm just fucking with you. 
I love shitty Carl. Shitty Carl's the fucking best. Because we find out that, like, yeah, he used to just hang out and smoke crack with meth head Mike. Yep. But, and, and I love the fact, too, <laughs> that they intimate the time loop because this is the first one we know it's a time loop because we see him and shitty Carl used to steal the Salvation Army, like, money bins in front of stores. Doors. Just because. Because they're fucking drug addicts. Loved it. But <laughs> we know something's really hinky, too, because they'd only kind of hinted at loops. But when you see <laughs> shitty Carl hanging by his neck next to shitty Carl talking, you're yeah. like, eh? what? Huh? Wait, it's like, wait. It's, it's really hard to talk to you while you're also hanging over there. <laughs> but, yeah, that is strange, though, that you'd think that their previous physical form would disappear because it does in the five-second loop. Right. But then I guess that's just small inconsistencies within a film. I guess that doesn't really speak to the larger picture. Well, but. actually, in one of the things, uh, one of the interviews that I read with the director said, look, everything's laid out there. Everything's there. This is literal. This is not. I know. I. All right. I figured it out because the monster, when the ascension comes, eats your physical form. But if you kill yourself, you just you could load up bodies. You could kill yourself every 10 seconds. Right. But. It oh, because they did it before the loop closed. Yes. All right. So, so the monster pretty much eats the bodies when it's done. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Okay. We're going to re- reboot. Yep. I love the fact that right after. So there's like every loop, there's like 14 dead shitty Carls but take just wading through the bodies. But no, shitty. I love the fact that shitty Carl, when he finally got the gun, <laughs> when he finally got the gun, he's like trying to shoot whatever he's doing that to him. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck yeah, you. He's just firing wildly then into he, the night. He finally caps himself, right? Bam. Pops his dome onto his motorcycle. Excellent shot, too. Oh, Excellently it, shot. Beautifully shot. But then you hear the reset. Oh, oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah, off screen, you just hear a loud, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking beautiful. Beautiful. I love it every this. second. I love this movie. <laughs> Because they did have some funny spots in there, but again, naturally, yeah. Shitty Carl was all of the comic relief. Well, there was also Meth Head Mike. He's oh, very funny. He was, he was. Come on, sit down. This isn't weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm chained to a radiator, but this isn't hey, weird. Hey, can I ask you a question? Do you have any crack or any drugs in your pocket? Like, in your pockets right now, do you have any... I would love to share them with you if you do. <laughs> we have to do it before Mike... Or not Mike. Uh, what's his friend? Shit. Chris. Yeah, Chris. We have to do it before Chris... Can, oh, and there he is. Hi, hey. Chris. <laughs> I wasn't just asking him for drugs. Yeah, and it's very strange because... Uh, uh, Meth Head Mike's wife got stuck in the... The loop. In the Camp Arcadia loop, mm-hmm. while he is stuck in the other loop in that fucked up house that he's trying to detox his friend in. Right. And i that's another thing that I wanted to talk about, is that it really softens the blow to cult mentality, in that, hey, some people are happy like this, but some people are not. Mm-hmm. Because all of the, I guess, core cast of the cult, they must... It's intimated that they've been there for a while because they all have their own, like, very specific things. Right. And but what the guy really... says at one point, a million hours. That's what you need to put in realistically to master any task. Mm-hmm. Which, again, goes speaks to the fact that they've been there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But, but they have to have had interactions with the outside world, which is why I was saying that a beer vendor must come buy it from them. Because they're still dressed relatively modernly. But that's part of their loop. What? If a vendor comes in to pick up the gear and leave, the vendor's leaving because he's not part of that loop specifically. Yeah. So maybe they had people come in because, I don't know, because everything else makes sense. Like a familiar to a vampire? Yeah, no, but I mean, they've already made the deals beforehand or they're... Maybe they can't leave, but people can come in and leave. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So they have access to the outside world because they seem to know what's happened throughout the last couple hundred years. And like I said, they, they, Tim clearly knows how to brew beer very, very well Mm -hmm. because everybody comments on, you know, oh, this is just the absolute most delicious beer you will ever drink, which again speaks to them being endless <laughs> because who knows that even, even because though, beer is one of the oldest drinks in 
mankind's but, history. But because, if we also think about this too, the only people to break the loop were the brothers, right? So those loops will still exist where they're at, and the entity is still there. Yes. So that might be an interesting movie to have the brothers come back and reinvestigate the loops to see if they can unloop them. I, are you trying to write a bad sequel to a movie? No, no. I just it was it's just like Stakeland Two. It's like, oh, guys, no. No, it's just the idea that the loops still exist, um, regardless. And you know, is the Earth in a million year loop or a billion year loop or the, a that, four billion year yeah, loop? Yeah. How long does this extend? Is this is this happening everywhere, or is it just this small pocket of wilderness that some entity has decided to go? Nah. This is mine now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to fuck with everybody that comes through here. What the fuck was the flower? Yeah, if, uh, I don't know. I'm sure we could figure it out. If They're we smoking watch it a bunch of red flowers. It, it, it's kind of like weed, I guess, because they're just rolling it up or like throwing it in pipes and shit. Yeah, but then they shoot to the end where they were going. They were going. And they found that um, trailer. Here's yeah, the red was, flower. Where it, it was growing, yeah. Right, but I, I, I couldn't tell if it was growing or falling out of the dress, or maybe that's what happens when somebody dies. They turn into the flower and they're smoking themselves. I couldn't figure it the fuck out. And, I mean, yeah, they can brew beer, but fuck, man, you know how much money they could make? Selling the clear, flower. Because clearly that shit's growing everywhere in almost all the different time loops. Mm-hmm, and it fucks you up. And it, it specifically is a thing that grows in said time loops because we don't just have, like, weird red fern looking flowers that we can smoke and get super high Mm-mm, not at all i mean what i'm saying is that yeah. it was a fictitious drug right right but i'm just saying yeah i don't know and apparently anna can just measure the amount of drugs in her body i can buy by the smoke in my lungs i can tell exactly how much chemicals i am taking into my brain now i can help you out if you you, you don't have to there's no peer pressure here but you know i could give <laughs> but you if you per- want to get high <laughs> i get you the perfect amount the perfect amount but no for real bro i've been smoking this shit for like three thousand years i can tell exactly how much is in me so here come here what there because you that's the other thing is they're clearly not losing memories from one loop to another yeah, I, I didn't get that far into it, dude. Because <laughs> well, there were so many other things I was trying to juggle. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is that they don't lose the previous knowledge that they had before the loop because there's no way that you would figure out how to brew like some of the best beer in the world in just 10 years from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, it would take a few more. Yeah. About 12. And then there's the magic trick. <laughs> oh, the one where he throws the ball up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you notice, too, uh, when uh, the dude shows him, when he does the card trick and says, is that your card? It's the Suicide King mm-hmm. with the the King of Hearts yeah. with the sword through his head? Yeah. Cool shit. I loved it. <laughs> I love the fact, that too, that um, he was being douchey. That's not my card. I didn't choose that card. Yeah, he was being a real asshole. <laughs> Fucking I do card tricks, and I hate it when people do that. I'm like, it's your card, <laughs> fucker. I made you take it. Eat a bullet dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just gives him that stare of like, ah, you're lying. Mm-hmm. I know it, but you know what? I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> I already don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> you already said I was a nutless weirdo. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice for your brother. Keep him here with us. So... What are they going to do? <laughs> I don't have 10 more years. I, I mean, theoretically, they should probably just kill themselves. They know too much. Nobody's ever going to believe them. And if they take anyone anywhere, hmm. like you're going to feel real bad for being responsible. It's like getting somebody on heroin or something. Like, <laughs> Man, don't do that. That's a dickhead thing to do. Or, yeah, or get some, hey, let's, let's stick somebody new in the loop. Why? Because I'm tired of all you fuckers. You know? Well, come on, one one new person. What's it gonna hurt? Yeah, because you couldn't tell how long the lithium chick had been there. Yeah, she was. Uh, I I believe they said that she was the newest member, but right. she wasn't there when the guys were there, which doesn't make any sense because they've been gone in ten years. Because uh, he keeps saying, "Hey, remember Mike from ten years ago?" Yeah, from how a decade cre- ago. Yeah, how does how does Tweaker, or how does Tweaker, what's his I mean, phrase? she might just be new there. She might not be that yeah. old. This might be her first cycle. She yeah. could just be fucked up. Yeah, or she could have wandered in and gone, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm here now. Yeah, this is kind of sucking now. But uh, it's never shown to us that she can't leave. Okay, what shows that, again... It represents you're going to doomed to repeat a cycle unless you break free of that cycle. Yes. 
Which is a, a consistent theme, theme of this entire movie. <laughs> Who'd have thunk the two addicts? That was the first thing that we picked up on. Oh, see? <laughs> I got this one. You figure <laughs> shit out. You leave the situation. Shit gets better. Who the fuck knew? Nailed it. <laughs> wow. Had to see that in a movie. Oh, they're only smoking drugs? That's fine. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, yeah. I don't see anybody banging that. <laughs> Those red flowers in her arm. It's cool. Yeah. They what? seem to be maintaining. <laughs> Shitty Carl's just mainlining red flowers. <laughs> I fucking love Shitty Carl. I love Shitty Carl so much. Because he doesn't even get a speaking role until, like, what, the last 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. You just see him angrily storming around. But he owns every, every second that he's on that screen. Because uh, when Justin's going for that run, he runs into Shitty Carl and he's like, hey, hey, man, hey. Hey, and Shitty Carl just walks into like that weird tent, and you hear like a small explosion almost. Mm-hmm. And he, Justin's just like, "What the fuck?" and walks away. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, beautiful. Angry beautiful. Shitty Carl trying to kill himself out of a loop that he knows won't end. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna do it anyway. And again, that does speak to addiction because you know the it doesn't let me sleep, it doesn't let me dream, I can never get away. Fuck you, fuck you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas the people in Camp Ascension, or whatever the fuck, I forget the name. Well, he does, they don't have to do it every three hours. It's like every ten years. I Fuck, it's coming, it's coming, it's going to suck. I, I wonder, though, like, because it's, we're told that Hal brought them there because he pulled them out of a burning car fire. Which is why I thought they ran into... A, the earlier version of themselves caused the accidents, and that's a different loop. So they bring them in because they knocked out of the loop. Oh, that doesn't make any sense either, because their mother's memoriam is outside of there. And if and yeah, and if Hal can't leave, there's no way he would have pulled them from that burning vehicle. So hmm. they is he could, a liar? Or he could have clipped that themselves. You know, they could have clipped their parents' car coming out on a, a time distortion. Mm. And then because it flashes to the memoriam but you said it looked like them in my head it looked like that green it looked like a reflection because every single time that we've been shown the uh i guess the barriers it is a reflection but it could have been a trick in my mind because you saw the reflection and then they cut to the um, memoriam on the side of the road which made me think that the car crash was them causing that loop to reverse itself with hal so they they hit their own car coming out that car comes in through the loop. They go through out through the loop, kind of like Buckaroo Banzai style. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Peter Weller, yeah. So we Hal, love you, Peter Weller. <laughs> Hal starts the loop by rescuing the kids. Hmm. The loop ends when the kids come back and end the loop. Dude, I'm so lost. <laughs> That's okay. Man, this is what we were talking about before we started recording, that we're going to have, and I don't want to say completely different interpretations, but there's going to be ten different things that we think of during this and go, oh, you son of a bitch. That, oh, that makes sense, too, because this movie's such a goddamn mindfuck, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an enjoyable mindfuck, because sometimes you watch stuff that's complicated just to be complicated, and you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay, yeah, you, you love your own work. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that here. There's, you can see it was inhabited. There was a there lot are, of world, world building, but... There and, are things that are left intentionally vague because we can't know more than the characters themselves know. Right. And the, but they keep it honest. They keep that consistent. I will say that I love the consistency of this movie, too, because mm-hmm. everything pays off. It's except thick like a gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Pour it all over my loins. <laughs> On that note... Uh, uh, James, I, we're about at time. Even if we got more shit to say, who cares? I fucking love this movie. Uh, f- any final thoughts? I have to watch it about three more times because I got <laughs> questions. I got questions. But I would recommend this movie to science fiction people, to horror people, to people who just like dramas, like interpersonal dramas. Because mm-hmm. the acting is there. Stellar. Yeah, and there's character development. They give time for people to inhabit their roles. And it's filmed beautifully. I mean, if you're just a movie fan in general, this movie is good. But, yeah. Um, as far as horror, I mean, what would you list this on the horror scale? Because sci-fi horror. Okay. Because I am trying to. Because it's an an entity that deals with the obviously the uh, 
idea of time and it also can fuck with the space because there's when they're shooting like and pictures drop from oh, the sky yeah, when the bullets stop yeah, yeah it, it's a complete manipulation but it cannot manipulate anything from outside of its i guess designated area mm-hmm. which is a complete science fiction okay because i've noticed since I've but been... with horror elements because death and dying constantly and sorrow and because i've noticed we we haven't, we haven't really done a horror horror movie. This is like a horror. We've watched horror movies disguised as something else. Like one was like. I'm pretty sure High Tension is just a straight up horror movie. Oh, yeah. It's a slasher. But I was thinking Supernatural, I guess. I don't pretty know. sure House of the Devil is a straight up horror movie. Ah, okay. We saw a bunch of them that were horror movies and something else. Well, yeah. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Nope, we are strictly, from here on out now, we are only talking about, I don't know, The Exorcist. And <laughs> Straight ev- up horror. Every, yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> anyway. It was uh, a cultural icon, man. It's fine. It's shot well, but it's it's just The Exorcist. Rel- just like everybody's losing their fucking minds over Dune. Calm down. It's Dune. <laughs> I fucking love Dune. I don't care how good it looks. It's still Dune. But it's Dune. Yeah, and you're a massive nerd. Well, I would hope. Anyway, so. um, yeah. Final thoughts. Go see the endless. Or, yeah, go to your <laughs> local Cineplex and uh, <laughs> drop drop some money and grab a bag of popcorn. Hold, hold the projectionistic gunpoint until he watch this movie. Make me watch this movie. It materializes a copy, a film copy of the endless. Let me plug my phone in. Don't hurt me. Click. No, no, I, I want it on film, and I want it to come out of thin air. Otherwise, that projection is getting fucking plugged right in the dome. <laughs> on that note. And then I'll fuck him and Biden's bodies. Do you have anything else to plug? I don't know, man. It's been a real corpse-fucking-heavy episode. Indeed it has. Indeed it has. Um, Do you have anything to plug? Not yet. Uh, you can find us on our, uh, we got Facebook groups, Instagram pages, uh, on there you can find our charity, The Devil Saves Christmas. 666. We are raising $666 to help with local families, people that we know that have fallen on hard times, because I'll let you in on a secret. We're not rich either. We also know poor people. Yeah. It's the poor helping the we, poor. We are the poor people. But yeah, it, it's the poor helping the poor. Fucking, let's give some kids an actual fucking holiday. Some real real toys. I, I know we named it The Devil Saves Christmas, but that is just for shits and giggles. We're not going to deny you because you're Jewish. Satan will save all of the holidays. Maybe if you're Irish, we might say no just because, I mean, the Irish. we don't want to... You're not going to be happy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um, also, I'm willing to plug it now because we finally fucking got it done yesterday. Booyah! Guess what, motherfuckers? We have 2022 edition. Or, or, yeah, 2022. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's next year. Yeah. Edition ca- Horror Vomit calendars. Calendar. If you like blood and tits, give us some money. And uh, all that money will also go toward our... Uh, 666. Our Devil Saves Christmas, which I don't know how we're going to do that because if we're putting out a calendar, that's going to be right before the holiday. People are going to have to give us money quick. Yeah, they are. Plus, we're not making a lot of them, so if you do want one, fucking get on it. We might be able to print more. I don't know. I don't know. Well, our, our photographers seem very mad at us because yeah. we are very unprofessional. Well, of course. It's <laughs> us. I mean, allegedly, we showed up just absolutely stoned to the bone. And, uh, but anyway. On that note. Uh, listen to the other episodes. If you want to know where to see my dick, shut up, James. <laughs> but, it's out there. You can, you can go check that out. I don't know why you would, but... Don't. Yeah, it's, it's or fun. do. Hey, it's a quality dick. <laughs> Allegedly. All right, it's fine. It's aggressively fine. It. All right, five point five on the one to ten scale, at best. All right, I guess. I, it doesn't look weird or anything. It's just it's nothing to write home about. Maybe I should like tattoo something on it or something. Oh, should I get eyes and vampire teeth tattooed on it? Spruce it up a little bit. (laughs) Spruce it up. (laughs) 
Give a little zhuzh. <laughs> Fuck me running. All right. Um, we're done. Good night. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Go look at my dick. Oh, shit. I missed the button again. Man, I'm getting bad. You can